2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast, a very special episode. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we've got some special guests with us. That's right. We are doing a spoiler cast of Loki on Disney+, Plus. all episodes, super spoilers, so if you haven't seen the show, probably want to dip out now and go watch the show. Why haven't you seen it yet? But we decided this is a job too big for just the two of us. So joining us are two Loki super fans. You may know them as the hypest podcast hosts in Houston, GP and AD from Call It Like I Don't See It podcast. <laughs> I wish I wish so much that was our intro music, dude. Like, yeah, yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it it grows on you. Like at first, I was like, this is kind of cool, and then after a while, like I was I was like, ad, I'm like, this is clearing my skin. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, it's the pores. Yeah. But uh, a- I was getting ready to ask you, AD, uh, do you have your kazoo? But I was like, never mind. He's got the music down. We're good. Yeah, right. I got it. Don't worry. I can do that throughout yeah. the spoiler cast yeah. if you want. Yeah. <laughs> as long as He's my like, throat holds up. Well, I have a hand. <laughs> need that for a ringtone. Yeah, for real, dude. Ultimate yeah. alarm. Ultimate yep. alarm. Yeah, yeah. So I think oh, all of us, all of us uh, pretty much enjoyed the show. But I wanted to dive into the cast what we thought about the various characters in the show and then we'll go episode by episode sequentially one through six and just talk about what we thought about each episode what we would rate it the parts we liked parts we didn't like so let's get into it first off we got the titular character loki himself played by tom hiddleston Mm. i thought he nailed it in this i really Mm. enjoyed his performance what'd you guys Mm. think i mean he's done just as well as he's done in the past mcu properties loki is a dope character and it's very cool to see him go through some more changes even though we already got that but since this is a different loki it's cool to see his journey that he had to go on i think some change up with loki doing as far as having a softer side Mm. we got a little bit of that during thor ragnarok but this is the full-on softer side of loki we've never seen before so Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. nice seeing that yeah, definitely. I want to piggyback off of that. He did take the the character to new levels. Like, mm-hmm. and th- that's what that's what was gripping mostly to me with his character, how he portrayed him. You know, just the talents of this actor himself knocked out that role like it was nothing. You know, after doing it for so long in the Infinity War saga, and then having to sort of reinvent the Loki for this whole new timeline of this Loki, like that is a very serious task to take on, and he nailed it. He knocked it out the park. Right. right. Yeah. Before we he should uh, get an Emmy. Give him yeah. an Emmy or something. Yeah, yeah. You should. Yeah, I would I would add to that I almost thought we'd have to retread a lot of ground because we've watched Loki progress to, you know, his more virtuous side throughout the MCU, especially in Thor Ragnarok. But the way that they did it in this show still felt organic and fresh and interesting. I, I actually really applaud his performance and the writing for that. So that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we have Ravana Renslayer, the judge, played by Gugu Mbatha Ra. Her name is actually pronounced Gugu. I checked it today on Google. <laughs> Her name is actually Gugu? Her name is Gugu. Hey, Gugu. She can, she can Gugu my Mbatha Ra. 
<laughs> All right, Derek is very attracted to Renslayer. I gotta say, she's a cutie. Yeah, Renslayer. Sure. Yeah, Renslayer she's a uh, she's a British actress, and uh, she definitely held it down. I don't know. Do you guys feel like her character arc made sense? I kept expecting her to like swing to one side or the other, and yeah, there there to be more. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they're just waiting to explore that for season two. Could be, yeah. Um, yeah, they just push her through that door. Like, we'll take care of your character. For right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One of the characters I really enjoyed, though, was Hunter B-15. That's one me, Masaku, yeah. the uh, lady who played Ruby in Lovecraft Country. Love her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. She was great. And then uh, other standouts, we had Miss Minutes, played by Tara Strong, the little clock lady. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if you guys... Yeah, Tara yeah, Strong is a boy. prolific She's voice actress. I don't know if people on the podcast know about this or our yeah. listeners. She was Riku in Final Fantasy X. Yep. She played mm-hmm. Paz in the Metal Gear series. She's Dill Pickles, Bubbles, and Powerpuff Girls. She was even what? Timmy Turner. Well, yeah, yeah that's the, the thing. For like, a long time. If there's an animated property, even some Ghibli films, there's a good chance you're going to find her among the cast for sure. Mm, yeah, her, her and Chris Summer, I think, are just as far as female voice actors go. They yeah, run everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True story. And then uh, one of AD's favorite characters, Mobius M. Mobius, played by Owen oh, Wilson. Wow. I'm still kind of disappointed he didn't say wow, like, in the oh, season. Yeah. Wow. I know. I was Hopefully waiting for that two. to drop. <laughs> right. I was like, yeah, you could have was... made him do it when he got, when he got uh, nerfed <laughs> or purged. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> when he got nerfed. <laughs> Just like he disappears. <laughs> oh wow! You guys have a big uh, liar thing there, huh? Oh wow! Oh wow! I was kind of hoping we would see him like get plucked off his jet ski, and that's when he would do the wow. Like he'd be yeah, back yeah, right yeah. and he's riding his jet ski. Wow! What's yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> Again, season two. Awesome <laughs> element to the to the conversations game, like that playfulness and like he doesn't really care, but he still kind of cares in how he's talking right. to Loki. Mm-hmm. I was just like, man, it, it, you couldn't pick a, a better actor to play out that kind of role. Like his right. his dialogue is what gripped us a lot of us early on in those first two episodes. I was like, my goodness, I could hear him hear this conversation all day and just be thoroughly entertained. Yeah, well, props to Owen Wilson overall because you don't think of him as a actor that you know, like a, a crucial character actor, say like a right. like a uh, Gary Oldman. But he was really the glue that held this show together. I think his yes. scenes with any other characters, his relationship with Renslayer, his relationship with Loki. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really kind of brought a lot of depth and character to the series. So props yeah. to Owen Wilson. Yeah. For sure. And when he Definitely. wasn't on screen, I think the show suffered for it honestly it did he did yeah, yeah there was yeah, yeah. yeah I, I gotta say one of the lowest race episodes as far as like you know critical reception was one that didn't feature him at all so i mean yeah. coincidence mm-hmm. i don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> no yeah i think what was what episode was that was it five or four i think he wasn't i think, in it, it, was, I think it was three actually three yeah three yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get into it mostly okay okay cool for sure for sure <laughs> but uh yeah then we have sylvie which you know uh, aka the loki variant played by <sighs> sophia di martino what'd you guys think about sylvie AKA mm-hmm. multiverse starter. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> AKA yeah. Tom Hiddleston, your job isn't guaranteed. Right. <laughs> AKA uh, I, I wasn't a big fan of Sylvie mm-hmm. as a character, honestly. I don't really know, man. She just you know, kind of. I think she, where she really suffered, because I agree with you, like, I liked her okay, but I think where she fell short was. She was so hell-bent on revenge. And they built mm. up this mystery around her and what a badass she was and how she was running circles around the TVA for years. 
But then once she was discovered and identified, then her decision making and her cunning and everything kind of played a backseat in service to the mm-hmm. plot. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about it, I think, as the season itself wraps up her decisions and kind of her arc. And I think that's where a lot of people kind of fell off with her and where she fell mm-hmm. short personally for me. So right. I would agree with you there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we mentioned the same thing and <laughs> we talked about that one of yeah. the, the finale, but we're going to get to. But, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to it. Get to, well, the last like, character I wanted to mention then was He Who Remains, played uh, by Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Big fan. Yeah. Really enjoyed him in Lovecraft Country. The last black man in San Francisco. Last black man <laughs> in <the end laughs> San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> that's right, that's right. What you guys think? Mm-hmm. I, I really think, even though he only had one episode to shine, he did a really good job. Yeah, at first, yeah, when he when he first started, I was like, "Oh no, we're doing this." But as the episode <laughs> went on, I was like, "Okay, I dig it. Yeah. There's more to it." Okay, he's right. be, he'll be back and be putting and, different twist on yeah. what's going on. So I I really enjoyed it by the end of it. Right? Yeah, he he seemed creepy in the beginning, kind of annoying. But then you're like, "Wait a minute, there's a deeper, darker side to this character coming up." Right, <laughs> right, right. You could feel it, like his. You could feel that other side of him as he was speaking. I was like, "Okay, y'all should not be messing with this dude, really." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It just come off like he was impish, almost crazy, which is kind of mm-hmm. almost rote and stock for a character that's lived a really long time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, how do you write somebody who's seen and done everything? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. But that aside, like you said, you start to kind of see the depth and the evolution of his character just within that single episode. It was very dialogue heavy, but I'm glad because I think we kind of needed that. It would have been nicer if maybe we got some more episodes to let that breathe. But the way that they did it, I think, was fine within the time constraints they set for themselves. So I'm going to go ahead and read off the episode synopsis for the first episode so we can kind of get into how what we enjoyed, what we did enjoy, and what our overall rating is. So the very first episode we launched with was called glorious purpose Mm. loki is arrested by the time variance authority aka the tva when he creates a new timeline after escaping from the battle of new york with the tesseract in 2012 the tva resets the timeline and this variant loki stands trial in front of judge renslayer for crimes against a sacred timeline loki blames the situation on the avengers who traveled back in time to 2012 but renslayer says their actions were meant to happen and his were not agent mobius takes Loki to the Time Theater to review his past misdeeds and question his history of hurting people. He reveals that Loki, in his intended future, inadvertently causes the death of his adoptive mother, Frigga. Loki attempts to escape, but gives up after realizing the TVA's powers far exceeds that of the Infinity Stones. He returns to the Time Theater and watches more future events, including his own death at the hands of Thanos. He then agrees to help Mobius hunt another Loki variant, who has killed several TVA agents and stolen their timeline resetting charges. Mm-hmm. A very Excellent good setup episode. episode. That's, that's yes. a good, that's a good one. Launching yeah. Nice way to introduce the TVA. It was yeah, I really liked the boredom, the mundaneness, and the routine of the TVA in the beginning. I mean, it's interesting. He just kind of pops up in the desert like, whoa. They show up immediately. He gets mm-hmm. bodied. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they're like, <laughs> sign this for everything that you've ever said. What are you talking right. about? Just, 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 sign what are you talking too. about? <laughs> right. What? <laughs> oh, my God. I am a god. <laughs> Mewling Quinn. 
glorious purpose. <laughs> I think for me, my favorite part was the one of my favorite parts was the fact that he found out they were using <laughs> Infinity Stones as paperweights. Yeah, right. dude. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, I think that floored a lot of us because I'm like, bro, that was like 23 movies you just shoved in your drawer. Like, what the right. hell? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how Marvel feels. This is over. We moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of like Marvel saying, yeah, yeah, let's have to move on from that, folks. We're moving into a whole different realm now. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think a lot of us after Phase 4, I think it was Phase 4 that ended the most recently with Infinity War and Endgame. I think a lot of us were like, God, where can they go from here? That was so epic and grand scale. Well, yeah. th- this mm-hmm. is where they go, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, gotta go with the multiverse yeah. saga. Yeah, I kind of wish, but like seeing him get knocked by that stick in the beginning with his mouth like slowed down, I was like, man, I wish like you could punch people like that in real life. Like, shut up. Right. <laughs> 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 and she walked up to him like, that pain you're feeling right now is in real time. It's, it's extended because I slowed you down, so you just get to feel the punch this whole time I'm talking to you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's messed man, up, man. You can't, do, you can't do nothing about right. it, too. You just gotta feel it. <laughs> just stuck there, stuck in that pain. Oh, but man. I think we mentioned this. With the, how they explained the TVA was is it was kind of like explaining it to a child. Like they kind of like had to dumb it down so that it makes yeah. sense, you know. And it was perfect in that kind of infomercial way that they did it. I was just like, wow, this is perfect, you know. Just give it uh-huh. to us straight, simplified mm-hmm. because it's a lot to take in on that first episode. Yeah, right. I really like the style of it. Sacred time. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of reminded me. I know we've all probably seen this, the Umbrella Academy. They uh-huh. had their whole, mm-hmm. like, time police thing. I think that, you know, obviously Marvel did it better. But mm-hmm. the fact that you kind of go to the 1950s kind of work aesthetic for The Office, it's just very yeah. interesting and clean and easily understandable. Yes. And it it just adds to the we really don't give a crap, this is so normal for us kind of vibe, mm-hmm. juxtaposed against just how much power they actually wield. Like, it's insane. Yeah. yeah. So what That's would y'all rate the episode? Episode one... I'm going to rate that one a 10 because the introduction of the TVA explaining what Loki been through all within one whole episode mm. to catapult you off into this whole season. So 10. Yeah. That's how you rate it, right? 10 out of 10? Well, I usually do out of 5, but it's your oh, rating. Oh, 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5. 5 out of 5. I'd give it a 5 as well. Yeah. Very okay. good. Very good jumping off point. Love it. Mm-hmm. I'm giving it a five too because of just Owen Wilson's introduction to it. He just he nails it from the jump. You know, just yeah. that dialogue, the complexity of how they started talking with each other. I was just like, this is this is right. brilliant. And then the vastness and the sky. I can't even say the sky was the limit. The the universe was past the limit or whatever because everything was just like <laughs> over the top there in terms of the grand scale of things. So definitely yeah. a five out of five for me. Yeah, I'd agree. I what I would also say five out of five. I can't see any way that an episode with this much information that they have to introduce could be edited down better or introduce the characters in a more engaging way. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Yep, yep. Well, episode two is titled The Variant, and Loki joins a TVA mission to the site of an attack by the Variant in 1985 Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where he stalls and attempts to bargain his way into meeting the timekeepers who the TVA claims created them and the sacred timeline. Renslayer objects to Loki's further involvement, but Mobius convinces her to give him another chance. Loki researches TVA files and theorizes that the variant is hiding near apocalyptic events where their actions do not affect the timeline. Loki and Mobius confirm this possibility by visiting Pompeii in 79 AD before deducing that the variant is hiding during a hurricane 
in 2050, Alabama, where they are ambushed by the variant, who enchants several locals and TVA agent Hunter B-15. The variant reveals herself to be a female version of Loki and rejects his offer to overthrow the Timekeepers together. She sends the stolen reset charges to various points along the sacred timeline, which activate and create numerous branched timelines that throw the TVA into disarray. She teleports away, and Loki follows her. Oh. Mm. Beautiful. Sounds like a whole lot happened there, too. A whole lot did happen indeed. So I mentioned uh, earlier how oh, there was all this like mystery behind female Loki, and we didn't discover who she was, but we kind of find out who she was pretty quickly at the end of episode two there. Yeah. Yeah, and I still have yeah. my, my doubts about who she is, but... Fair enough. We'll, we'll, you want to we'll elaborate on that? Oh, you want to talk about it later? Okay. Yeah, we'll right. talk about that later. All right, well, AD, what did you think about episode two? Episode two, uh, I mean, I loved it once again. With I just keep going for the dialogue. I just love <laughs> the dialogue talk. The part with the salad, that stole the show for me when, when he was <laughs> giving the metaphor of what's going on. And he's like, don't eat like, salad. No. Come on. Come on. Man. I was eating Oh, that. wow. <laughs> salad. Oh, yeah. Come on. In, in that explanation and the, the humor behind it, you still understand what Loki's point was in terms of trying to figure out where the variant is going to be. And it was just like so well done. I was well, like, man. That's that my favorite part is we knew before before he even started the explanation, he was just uh, ruining this man's lunch. Right. <laughs> On purpose. Yeah, he, he, he didn't care. <laughs> like, even Mobius knew what he was going to say. He was like, oh, no, I get it. Don't tell him my salad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my oh, favorite no. part of the episode is when they went to Pompeii. I was literally getting ready to like, say the same yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> He's literally just like, nothing yeah. matters. You're all going to die. Fly, goats, fly. <laughs> and, and then he started saying in their language, which was funny, too. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Loki knows the languages. Yeah. Which That's another thing I like. They were speaking right. Latin, which I thought was interesting. Like, Loki yeah. knows that dead language. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which another thing I like about Loki is, like, they show you how smart he actually is and mm-hmm. how caught up with history he is, too, at the same time. You might think he's just in Asgard the whole time, but now nah, Loki be, you know, he venture around without mm-hmm. nobody noticing. You know how he be... Right leaving and escaping Asgard and going to different places and discovering things. So. Well, Loki is the ultimate math lead. So he's an Asgardian prince. They probably had a formal education. Thor was off probably being a jock. And yeah. Loki was hitting the books <laughs> like, I'll show you one day. Mm. Right. <laughs> so, of course, that comes in yeah. handy here. And that education yeah. part of it, they showed parts of that when he was explaining to them the diversity of his powers, right? And mm-hmm. he was like, no, that's actual. He was talking about the uh, projection power, I think it was. That was episode mm-hmm. two, right? Yeah, I yeah. took that Illusion, as him yeah. just being a dick. <laughs> it, was, it was part him being a dick, part- but also being a smartass at the same yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I know my stuff, guys. All right, yeah, all right. I, I, feel like, right. I feel like he was purposely using big terms to confuse or make it sound like they didn't know what they were talking about. I'm pretty sure they knew what they were talking about, too. But yeah, yeah I, it was funny <laughs> when he came off like that. And they were like, okay, slow down. <laughs> Calm yeah. down, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, especially, at the, especially at the end, we said, but you already knew that. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, uh, wow. yeah, I mean, we see Loki immediately. And I almost thought that what he was doing was a ploy to put Mobius on his heels by being too obvious with trying mm-hmm. to manipulate him. Yeah. Because he immediately yeah. learns about the timekeepers and says that's on the table and then immediately tries to stall and get Mobius to agree to let him meet them, like that would work. And I know, right. I feel like Loki's too smart to know that that would work. 
But that never really manifested into anything either. So now I'm like, what was that his earnest attempt? Because that was bad. Yeah, that was <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that and was. even Mobius called him out on it. like, you, you, you almost He's you lying. Thought you, had me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you thought you had me. All right, you so say, let's, right there. Let's, let's give that a, a rating. GP, what do you rate the episode? I think I gave it a, a four for that episode. Okay. Yeah, and ratings change. Don't don't worry about your past rating. We're talking about today. <laughs> okay. Sit and marinate with it. Don't worry about. It. Yeah. Uh, fun, fun, Derek, fun. what'd you what you think? I'd give it a four as well. Not as good as the first. Uh, four and a half. The half point came for me was when all hell broke loose at the end of that episode. When she um, is that when she bombed the timeline? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was hype because right? we saw all that those branches like, come. Oh yeah. yeah, and I was like, holy yeah. shit, mm-hmm. is this the multiverse? And we were all like, multiverse going crazy. So I was just like, that moment alone was like what spiked it up for me. So four and a half. That was fun. Yeah, I would give yeah. it a four as well. Pretty solid four. All right. Well, we get to episode three, Lamentus. With the TVA distracted, the variant arrives at their headquarters and attempts to find the Timekeepers, but is followed by Loki. They are attacked by Renslayer, and Loki uses a Timpad to teleport them both to twenty seventy seven Lamentus one a moon that is being crushed by a planet. The Timpad runs out of power, and the variant, who goes by Sylvie, agrees to work with Loki to charge it. They sneak aboard a train bound for the Ark, an evacuation spaceship that could recharge the Timpad, but Loki gets drunk and draws attention to them. (laughs) This leads to a fight with the guards who throw him off the train. Sylvie follows him, only to find the Timpad broken. The duo continue on foot, intending to commandeer the Ark so they can escape before Lamentus One is destroyed. On the way, Sylvie reveals that the TVA's workers are actually variants of people from Earth. Loki and Sylvie fight their way through guards and a crowd of people attempting to board the Ark, but meteors from the oncoming planet destroy it before they can board. You know what's interesting about that? I didn't, I didn't think about it until just now because of the wording. So the TVA's workers are actually variants of people from Earth. Kind of makes sense because everybody speaks English. Although... Right. You would think that they would be able to speak alternate languages. All didn't they address that in the first episode? Um, that different languages translate themselves somehow. Maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, I think that was that, wasn't that during Guardians as well when um, James Gunn was saying like how Peter understand Rocket and Groot mm-hmm. is some kind of device they have in their ear where they can like translate translate through yeah through different languages or something like that yeah maybe sometimes i have to let that stuff go like when thor was creating his new hammer and somehow i guess he had an earpiece so him and the dwarf could talk to each other right but how they right, had right, an earpiece yeah. Yeah. everyone has dwarf. earpieces in the That's yeah, dumb exactly yeah so yeah. and by the way he's in the middle of a dying star which is probably loud as fuck <laughs> exactly his earpiece is more powerful but then the right. noise the yeah. is that bluetooth technology exactly. yeah. man that could save the right. world it's um, the Raycons. 7G yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I guess with the point I was trying to make, if this is a sacred timeline, that goes across all universes because obviously it affected every planet in the universe. So why aren't there more aliens in the TV? Right. Like, I yeah. thought that too. Why do right. they be humans, you know? Right. That's a good hmm. question. I th- and I think it's explained in the last episode or inferred in the last episode why okay, it's all a, humans. Put a pen in that, Derek, so you yeah. can explain it to us real quick because mm-hmm. I don't recall. But yeah, what'd you guys, what'd you guys think? Uh, GP, what'd you think about the episode? That episode, I give that episode a three because I felt like a filler episode. I felt like their mission was brought to a halt. It made me feel like this was all for nothing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was nice to see them get closer and stuff like that and try to work together. But 
it felt like towards the end, it felt like it was all for nothing. It felt like a filler episode to me. That's fair. That's fair. Derek, what do you think? Uh, I'll give that a one, man. Damn. I hated that episode. I hated it. It was so <laughs> boring <laughs> and pointless. <laughs> it was so right, boring right. and pointless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, sorry, I can't even think it was so boring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one thing I will say about the show is that that's not good is that the action scenes are not up right. to par mm-hmm. at all. Yeah. I would agree with you on that. I let it slide because that's not really the focus. But when the fights broke out, especially around the middle of the show, because some were okay, but it really did start to stand out as not lazy, just not as good, not as well choreographed as some of the other MCU fights that we've seen. Yeah, it's like nothing we haven't seen. How many times are you going to dodge a guy, slam his head on a table, and you want us to make an effect to that or or react to that? It's like, Mm -hmm. come on, dude. The sword play to Mm -hmm. me was just so childish, right? It looks like they looked at a playground of kids playing sword fight, and they put that in the show. I was like, right. And they kind of handicapped (laughs) themselves by removing powers, you know, under Mm -hmm. the TVA, which I get. They could have made it a little bit more maybe brutal and raw because they had to go to fisticuffs with no powers. And they Mm -hmm. didn't because it's a Disney Plus show and they didn't want to go there. And I get that. You know, they want to be like Daredevil in the hallway, right? But when they get their powers back, you don't really see interesting and creative use of their powers during the fights to kind of quickly end them. Because two Lokis with their full powers against these people on the moon should have been no contest right mm-hmm. sure you know? but uh it ended up just being a regular brawl like any other so yeah. i agree with you there uh 80 mm-hmm. which thing with the episode I, I was gonna go with Derek's rating there i would just drop it to a 0.5 i give it a 0.5 Ooh, loud. Because, <laughs> like the whole episode is like can we bring owen wilson back on screen please <laughs> yes <laughs> can we please exactly. get him back in right. to talk because mm-hmm. i was like okay all right cool you guys are vibing that's nice if we didn't have to see you vibing for the whole episode put some other parts in the plot to move it along or make it more interesting. And right. then, like G said with the last scene, I was like, these were just running around. Like, how do you not know the layout properly of where you're running? It right. seemed like they ran in the same spot twice. And I was like, you can't see that you were here already? I don't know what the hell they were doing. But it's like, mm. they were killing time running around just to Basically, make it yeah. blow up in the That's end. Fair. Fill out these last five minutes. Run around like right. you're looking to escape, but not really, you know, because mm. it's going to blow up. So I was just like, this was a waste. And the point that you made again with the fight scene, I was just like, boring. We've gone through 23 movies. We've seen how many different types of fights. You got to do something better than this. Mm-hmm. And True. I, yeah, if they could have just thrown in Owen Wilson for at least five minutes, it would have probably been a two, but I'm just going to give it a half point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say, I mean, I do five because I feel like, you know, one is terrible, two is less than average, three is average, you know, yada, yada, yada. For me, I, I would align with GP. I think this was an average episode. Nothing about it really stood out. But if you compare mm-hmm. it to other shows that aren't as good, I mean, we're comparing it to the other episodes within the same series and to the MCU quality overall. But if you look at it objectively outside of a bubble, I feel like it's a three out of five for me. Mm-hmm. I like the revelation that the TVA workers were variants. But again, that mm-hmm. was an offhand comment that really should have been right. harder than it did. And you're right. They went there, arbitrarily ran out of juice, fucked around a bit, ended up failing anyways. But because of their little moment at the end where they kind of decided to align as a team, that created the variant to get them out of there. So if you remove this episode completely from the show, nothing would have changed. And I think that's the definition of an average-ass forgettable episode for sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to it. Episode four, the Nexus event. 
Sylvie tells Loki that she escaped from the TVA as a child. They form a romantic bond, which creates a unique branched timeline and alerts the TVA to find and arrest them before Lamentus One is destroyed. Mobius leaves Loki in a time loop of a bad memory he has of Sif, <laughs> while Sylvie mm-hmm. unlocks B-15's memories to prove that B-15 is a variant. Renslayer tells Mobius that C-20 died from a mental breakdown, but Mobius finds a recording of Renslayer interrogating a mentally sound C-20, who insists the TVA workers are all variants. Mobius then frees Loki from the time loop, but Renslayer confronts them and has Mobius pruned. Renslayer takes Loki and Sylvie to the timekeepers, who order Loki and Sylvie to be deleted. With B-15's help, Loki and Sylvie defeat Renslayer and the timekeepers' guards. Sylvie beheads one of the timekeepers, but discovers they're just androids before a recovered Renslayer prunes Loki. Sylvie overpowers Renslayer and demands the truth, and then in a mid-credits scene, we see Loki awakens, surrounded by several other Loki variants. Really good episode here. I like yeah. it a lot. That was a great yeah, yeah, one. yeah. This was their bounce back. This was their bounce back. Yep. Yeah, because isn't right. this the same episode that Owen Wilson's character got pruned as well? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So basically, when Owen Wilson finds out, he gets the information on C twenty, which is one of the TVA agents that was mind controlled by Sylvie in episode two, and Renslayer lies to Mobius and says that C twenty died. But when he finds out the truth that C-20 got pruned for saying the same thing that Loki was trying to tell Mobius, Mobius is like, okay, time to get Loki so we can rock. And as soon as they get out, mm. she's already there and she prunes him mm-hmm. immediately, which, yeah. which was rough. Yeah, it was. Right. Yeah, it, it was. Because yeah. Yeah, we so did not show yeah. that end credit scene, that would have hurt like so much. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I was like, clearly the pruning doesn't mean that they are dissolved. They go somewhere. Like I right, knew right. even before the end credit scene, I was like, there ain't no way they're going to kill the main character like that. Right. right. But I know. I mean, I remember. I think you had a guest when you guys talked about episode four on your show, and the guest didn't see the mid credit scene. No, yeah. <laughs> she was Ari, so heartbroken. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, poor Ari. She's like, I, I just can't believe they killed him. I was like, I right. know, right, girl? Did you see the end credits though? Oh, did you see the end credits though? <laughs> no, because he's oh, you, you gotta go he's back. Not dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whenever something like that happens, you gotta let them credits rock, man. Yeah. Mario's gonna yeah. let you yeah. know what's going on. All right, well, Derek, let me, give me your overall rating. What do you think about the episode? I'll give that episode a four. It was very enjoyable. A lot of like wow, wow moments wow. <laughs> with yeah. the pruning of make a lot of revelations. <laughs> the uh, timekeepers being basically Chuck E. Cheese animatronics was <laughs> hilarious because <laughs> yeah. even at the start of the show, like timekeeping wizard wiz, I mean lizard wizards. Uh, right. Right. I don't know, but like that is something that should be believable in this universe. Yeah. But they yeah, still play it off as something that's ridiculous. Like, well, you're a son of a frost giant and the god of thunder and wow. Right. Yeah. He's like, okay, fair so, enough. <laughs> yeah, so I'll give it a four. It was great. All right. All right. AD, what you think? Uh, I'm going to go four as well. Much better pace of plot moving along. I like them introducing a little backstory for the other characters, uh, C20 especially, and her, you know, going on that mind trip. I like the opening scene too where you saw, was it Renslayer? Oh, no. It was. Was that who was the the agent that they uh, that Sylvie captured and like B fifteen? Think C. Wait, wait, B-15. no, you're, you're talking about when they went C-20. back to C twenty. Right, she was doing the scene where they're in the bar and like we've been yeah. friends for a long time. Yeah, yeah. How I she has to go into memories. 
Yeah, yeah I, li- I, I like the scene. concept of a mind that's strong enough or has enough mental fortitude where she can't immediately take them over. She mm-hmm. has to take them back to a memory and mold them into a yeah. sense of false security before she can strike. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Because immediately when I saw that scene, I was like, it felt like Inception when um, Leonardo DiCaprio was trying to explain, like, listen to me, listen to me. You're in a dream. All right. Don't yeah. freak out. Mm-hmm. This is me and your mind trying to protect you from yourself kind of deal. I was like, oh, man, this is this is cool. It was good, there. That was mind. a great. Yeah, that was a great moment. Good, good mm-hmm. to point that out. I really love that, too. Definitely. Yeah. So, right. I yeah, I give it a four. And of course, there's a shocker at the end <laughs> with the end credits. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, there's five of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Alligator. Oh no! Yeah. GP There's a black Loki. Oh, There's a black one. One of them is wearing cosplay. I think he's just from Earth. He got brought out here. He was at a party. <laughs> right. <laughs> was at a convention. That was a cool way to inter- introduce the classic Loki costume. I love that. I was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, what, GP, what'd you think? I give that one uh, four wows. <laughs> wow. I like the, the in- I like the information they gave towards the, the end of the episode like you think this was this but nope think again you know what i'm saying yeah and um also one of those timekeepers look like lorax from dr seuss mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which was hilarious i thought they looked like those aliens from star wars the ones mm-hmm. that like hired like the clone army like sir general like yeah, those yeah, guys yeah. you know with the eyes <laughs> the kind yeah, of chinese yeah, yeah. ones yeah yeah, yeah they're kind of coded chinese a little bit you're right yeah they yeah. are yeah what are yeah. we going to do the republic the is f- doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're talking fast they're clearly yeah. chinese there folks that's <laughs> super fucked <Yeah>. up <laughs> yeah. i mean that's that's what people that's what people do in hollywood man they take okay yeah. who are we going to code this race as oh they're uh, they're right. native american all right yeah i i would probably give it a solid four out of five as well I really right. enjoyed it for all the uh, the reasons that you guys mentioned, so no need to rehash it. Uh, let's get into episode five. So episode five is called Journey into Mystery. This was a cool one. So Renslayer tells Sylvie that when Loki was pruned, he was sent to the void at the end of time, from which nothing has ever returned. They deduce that the TVA's true creator is hiding just beyond the void. TVA mascot Miss Minutes stalls for time until the TVA troopers surround Sylvie, who prunes herself and soon meets Mobius in the void. After interrogating B-15, Renslayer plans to reach the TVA's true creator. Meanwhile, the other Loki variants tell Loki that a massive cloud-like creature called Alioth destroys everything in the void. After encountering a second Loki group that devolves into infighting, which is nuts, Classic Mm. Loki helps Loki, Alligator Loki, and Kid Loki escape. They come across Mobius and Sylvie, and Mobius returns to the TVA using a tin pad that Sylvie brought with her. Sylvie attempts to enchant Alioth, while Loki distracts it, but they fail until Classic Loki sacrifices himself by creating an illusion of Asgard to trawl Alioth's attention. Loki and Sylvie successfully enchant Alia together, and the creature shows them the way to the citadel beyond the void. Mm. Mm. Five action out of five. Yeah. Old Loki using his powers was the dopest thing I've seen. Yeah. 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 It was on neat. the show in the MCU mm-hmm. in a while. It was just like, wow. He's mm-hmm. literally creating Asgard as an illusion. Shh. Right. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice. Yeah, he was basically right. building up a giant sandcastle and, and daring the fifth grade bully to kick it over. Right. <laughs> right. It was very cool. All right, right. well, uh, AD, AD, what do you think about the episode overall? 
overall, uh, yeah, uh, close to, yeah, I'll give it a five. I'll give it a solid five out of five for that one. Um, I love the fights amongst the Lokis in the little, uh, the little uh, hideout that they had here, especially mm-hmm. seeing um, political Loki. <laughs> he was, mm-hmm. President he was Loki. Cl- I like, yeah, President yeah. Loki. There were a lot of Easter eggs in that room, too. I saw, Uh like, a decommissioned arcade cabinet that used to give people seizures. I was like, holy crap, that's a a deep cut. (laughs) What's the name of that game? Uh, Uh, Paul. I I don't think it was Polaris, but I I have to look it up. But it was like, it was a crazy Easter egg. Yeah, GP pointed out to me that there was a ton that I, I didn't even yeah. catch. I had to rewatch it and see what he was talking about. But then, mm-hmm. like they showed what Frog Thor was in the little Frog s- Thor, the, yeah. Thanos copter. Yeah, yeah the they, Thanos they had copter. fun with that room for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love the plot of like Sylvie coming. You see, this is where Sylvie seemed like the smartest individual, which I'll get to my point for the for the season finale. I was like, okay, she has a she has a plan. You know, she's like the smartest of the of the Lokis. She's gonna you know enchant this thing. The only question I had was like, how did the other Loki, the one that we've been following, just get this upgrade boost out of nowhere in, in terms of enchanting this huge ass creature? So yeah. I was just like, that was a little bit like rushed. I feel like ass polarity power friendship Ooh. type stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, just hold my hand. You'll get <laughs> hold the upgrade. Hands. Okay, yeah. well, I, all right. I was okay with it because Loki is, for all intents and purposes, he's a god, right? Like he's imbued mm. with the powers that he gained from being created by frost giants and then being an asgard and whatever that entails and there seems to be a lot of myth and lore tied to like the norse mythology you know the god of thunder what does that actually mean you find out that it's not really the hammer but it's inside thor all along right right and right. odin does all this crazy shit too so it's it, it didn't really seem too far-fetched for me that if a loki variant can do a particular thing that another loki if they exercise that particular muscle could also do it you could say it was a little rushed, but the fact that he was under such duress and that he had been inquiring about it for a while, like, how do you do this, shows right. me that he was thinking about it. And then finally, when, when push came to shove, he was able to kind of manifest that power in himself that was probably latent all along. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Latent abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. Thanks for explaining that. Now I, I feel better yeah. about it. That, that's, that's, how I, that's what's going on in my head canon. What about your head canon, GP? What do you think about the episode? I liked all the Easter eggs in this one. I give it a five out of five. I like the side story conversations between Lokis and how Mm, uh, whatever happened in their ultimate dimensions, how they like kid Loki killed his brother Thor Mm. and how he's the the head honcho of within all the Lokis and um, classic Loki about him surviving that confrontation with Xanos in Infinity War. So and how his life is after that. It was pretty cool, man. Yeah. I give it a 5 out of 5. Right on. And Derek, you said you gave it a 5 out of 5, right? Yeah, I just wanted to know the deal with uh, Black Loki. <laughs> with, with the hammer, like, what was in that? The, um, in the, if you guys watched it with closed captions on, they called him Boastful Loki, I think. Boastful, yeah. Boastful, Boastful uh-huh. Loki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe he just talks a lot of shit because he was lying. Wasn't he like in the thing like, yeah. and I did this and that and the other, and they're all like, yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he double crossed all all of it towards the half of the episode, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, oh man, yeah, you're right. He led, he led the other team there. He was the one, wasn't he? I forgot like, about that. I had that. to be the yeah. double crosser, didn't he? Right. Yeah. 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 That's how I had to be one of them Loki's. I was like, when I heard his name, I was like, 
boastful Loki? I was like, they just took yeah. out the L A C K and just put the rest of the word boastful in there. Right. They didn't want to say, oh, it's Black Loki. Right. <laughs> B Loki. Loki. B Loki. B dot Loki. Loki. I'm just B hyphen Loki. Right. I'm just Loki from the block. Used to have a hammer. Now I have a Glock. <laughs> <laughs> And nobody don't know where I came from. <laughs> right. Oh man! Oh, yeah, that's the plan. We had a do right now to give it away. Oh, it's oh, just no. A oh no! No! Okay. Oh. Look out for that one. <laughs> They're like, "Hey, me and your mama going on a date." You did? You right. cool with that? <laughs> you cool with that, Jody? You cool with that? Jody? I'm Jody. Jody. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll give it a five out of five, too. I think it was fantastic. I love the Easter eggs, the different Lokis, the chaos. It was wonderful. Uh, and it really set up hype for the next week. So we get to the final episode, For All Time, Always. Which is a phrase that Renslayer and Mobius like to say to each other because they love each other. They're their best. They're BFFs. I mean, until so she turns them into Right. So Renslayer leaves on a mission to find free will, quote unquote, after Miss Minutes gives her information from the TVA's creator, He Who Remains. B 15 proves to TVA troopers that they are variants by showing them a Renslayer variant who is a school vice principal. Meanwhile, in the Citadel at the end of time, he who remains tells Loki and Sylvie that he ended a multiversal war between his variants by using Alieth to destroy alternate timelines and created the TVA to maintain his peace. As he has grown weary, he offers them a choice. Kill him and risk another multiversal war. Basically risk another Marvel phase six, right? Or <laughs> whatever it is, phase five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or replace him in overseeing the TVA in a singular timeline. Now, Sylvie wants to kill him, but Loki pleads with her to stop. They kiss, but after a fight, and Sylvie kind of sends Loki back to the TVA headquarters, she kills He Who Remains, unleashing a multiverse with alternate timelines that the TVA cannot prune. And at TVA headquarters, Loki runs to warn Mobius and B-15 about He Who Remains variants, but they don't recognize Loki. And then he looks over where the statues of the timekeepers usually uh, are located, and sees that a statue of one of the variants has replaced them. Mm. So it, it looks Curly just like he who remains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. All right, Derek, what did you rate this episode? I'd give this one a four because Jonathan Majors killed it. It was um, really good. I, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like his monologue's just ridiculous. Like right. I, I don't know. I don't think I was expecting him to do badly but he actually really surprised me because lovecraft country while i do love lovecraft country i don't think he was amazing in it so when he was in this i was like okay let's see what you got jonathan majors time for you with the big boys now let's do it and then he he pulled through he did it so i i really enjoyed the episode uh some decisions that were made were kind of eh, but you know you kind of got to do those things to set off the next phase so you know it is what it is it's like a star lord Thanos moment. Yeah. I think mm. he's really got it in him. I think where Jonathan Major suffered is he was in a cast in Lovecraft Country with actors who were just fucking crushing it from start to finish. Mm-hmm. And so by comparison, but he had some really good scenes and I feel like he has that range that's needed. And you're right. Like this episode showed that. And I'm really excited to see him now in the next Ant-Man. That's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. Well, AD, what'd you think? 
I'm gonna go with four as well. Uh, yeah, four. Four seems right. Yeah, I would say three point seven five, but I'll give it a four um, <laughs> because as much as they were explaining everything, I, I really wished like like you said i think you mentioned it earlier like if they gave it one more episode to let that kind of information stretch out a bit so it wasn't seem like the whole episode was just one big conversation for the most part they had one last attempt at showing some action with sylvie mm. and loki fighting and once again the playful sword play did not work here it's just like we've seen this before mm. but what hurt it for me was just the whole sylvie's switch in her arc like in less than five minutes she was built up throughout the whole season as being very smart, cunning, understanding. And he gave you a very thorough explanation for 25 minutes <laughs> of what to not do. It's your choice. And she goes and just decides to kill him. I was just like, Chick, did you just hear what he said? Like, what part of that did not make sense to you? So that kind of like threw me off with Sylvie's character there in the end. But yeah. other than that, I mean, the MCU moving forward setup that's massive we all know where it's going next so in terms of that direction that they're going in that's why i was like all right let's just give it a four exciting yeah Yeah. gp what you think i gave it a four as well jonathan majors was his character was a great way to introduce a variant of this character i got a question about this whole episode though if he wanted them to take head of the whole timeline why they was trying to stop them from creating a Nexus event. If they kill him, they're going to create time branches anyway. So why would you want two people that's already going to create time branches if they get close together, heads of the whole TVA? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. I don't know. Yeah. I think he he talked briefly in his monologue how he was trying to find the one and it ended up being two people. Right. And that one of the possibilities could be that they would work together. Mm-hmm. I feel like they had this conclusion they wanted to get to. They wanted he who remains to die. And they wanted right. the multiverse to go out of control so Kang the Conqueror could come and wreck shop. Right. And they were trying to figure out how to get there. And I think they ran into a Game of Thrones situation where they got a little bit too sloppy. Because mm-hmm. Sylvie... I feel like her Nexus event was just existing or like once he who remains decided that she was part of the equation. So she didn't really do anything wrong, but she was pruned specifically to give her that rough life to make her super mistrustful. But Mm -hmm. I feel like either some unintentional prodding from he who remains on a sore spot of hers could have maybe helped tip her over the edge and make her betray her character less. Or something throughout the series convincing her that this timeline truly isn't the way outside of just being butthurt about being pulled away from her family. Right? Mm-hmm. I, I so, actually thought I actually thought that it was they, they took her because she was considering being a Valkyrie. That mm. would change the timeline. That could be. Mm. That could be. I, I don't know, but the way that they kind of I don't want to say retconned, but the way that they kind of explained how loki and sylvie got there at the end was that he who remains had decided at one point that that needed to happen mm-hmm. and so everything that they did because once they got there the timeline was under control again so it could have proceeded if they decided to take it over but since he had only reached a certain point of time knowing what would happen and then they got to that together at that point he knew that one of the possibilities could be that they would trust him and take it over uh, and maybe that was the only shot that he had. Maybe every other choice were too many variables, and he was just at the point where he was about to give up. I don't know. 
you get so messy when you talk about timelines and time right. travel yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. possibilities. Yeah. That's what we were talking about on the yeah. show. Yeah. I mean, if is if you're entertaining and there aren't too many plot holes and I can think somewhat deeply about it and still be okay, I think it's fine. Mm-hmm. Not everything's going to be done perfectly, but I agree with you guys. I would give it a four out of five as well. It mm-hmm. reminded me while I was watching it, and I'm not the first person to make this observation. It reminded me of the end of Matrix Revelations, I think, which is the sequel. Right? <laughs> Revolutions. Yeah. Yeah. Revolutions. Thank you. Uh, the architect. Like, ergo, conco- mm-hmm. ergo, concordant, yeah. vis-a-vis, your creation. <laughs> like, or they just explain <laughs> and retcon the whole plot of the war right. against humans and machines. Right. Obviously, it was done way better. It was it was an exposition dump, but not in a way that made me feel like exhausted and tired, like, oh, my God. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I think we can all agree that while it was a great episode and a great series overall, one more episode or maybe just no episode three <laughs> and, <laughs> and use that extra time to do some more with this would have helped it breathe and maybe one even give uh, Sylvie more characterization to make her arc more believable. Right. Yeah, because it's just like what you said with, with Game of Thrones, like the Dragon Queen. She got what she wanted, and out of nowhere, in less than 10 seconds, she decides to burn the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's it's the like, problem. Yeah. That's the problem. You see, George R.R. R. Martin, he writes his characters very detailed and specifically and succinctly, and then he lets those characters inform where his story goes. Once we got past the books, HBO wrote the ending first, and then was like, how can we make those characters get to the ending? And right. that's why most of the characters in that show betrayed their characterization themselves and their arcs because they were no longer acting as their characters would. They were acting in service of a predetermined plot. Right. And I think they kind of shot themselves in the foot because for all the benefits of the planning of the MCU and it's glorious, often imitated, never duplicated. Mm-hmm. This can be a shortcoming if you rush into the ending too quickly they predetermined six episodes and that they had to get to the multiverse somehow. And this is how they did it. And just a little bit more time to breathe. They wouldn't have to portray Sylvie's character so much. I feel like. Right. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a question. Would any of you like a show? If it was already created as a book, would you like it to go beat by beat with the book? Or would you like some changes? Some changes I think mm-hmm. is good. I don't read a lot like I didn't read Game of Thrones or anything, so I feel like if I would have read it and then watched the show, I would have been upset. Oh, yeah. But like if it's based off of a book, I think that a series or any other adaptation should take some liberties, but it should still remain true to the essence mm. of right. what made it good in the first place. And that's, that's what a lot of things thing about, are yeah, no, staying I, away from. Exactly. That's the tough thing about an adaptation too, especially mm-hmm. when you go cross medium. Because a book typically can't translate one-to-one to a film depending on the size and the depth of what they talk mm-hmm. about you know with books you can get away with a lot that you can't get away with a movie and vice versa right right so like derek said i i completely agree the spirit is what you want to capture some people mm-hmm. are really good at that some aren't i mean you can look at an example from the same director look at the lord of the rings versus the hobbit right mm-hmm. the lord of the rings they <laughs> i mean some of the book purists were pissed about the lord of the rings because they did they gave some of Gandalf's lines to Aragorn, some of Aragorn's lines, the fr- like whoever, right? They switched things around. Mm-hmm. They made some things less of a conflict than others, other things more of a conflict. I'll give you an example. Faramir, when he first meets Frodo and Sam, they have tea and he sends them on their way. He never threatens to capture them or try to take the ring. 
but they needed mm. that drama to kind of wrap up the second film, mm-hmm. right? Right. Okay. But I think that that worked in service of the movies, and I think if they followed the book directly, beat for beat, it wouldn't have the same kind of structure that you need for a movie to have good pacing. Now, gotcha. then you go to The Hobbit, where they stretched the whole thing out and made a bunch of oh, bullshit God. out of it. <laughs> it, was, it was horrible. And yeah. they completely lost the spirit of that book in service of having another trilogy and in service of more money. You can right. tell that the passion for the first project was real and everybody involved was like, let's make the best damn adaptation we can make. And then mm-hmm. the second one, it was like, well, here we go again. Let's make some more money. It was a green right. screen. Yeah. Let's go crazy. Yeah. 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 Let's go crazy. So yeah, I don't care if they make changes as long as the essence is the same and the spirit mm-hmm. of it. I have seen some movies that were like beat for beat the book. The Green Mile comes to mind. You guys ever seen that? Uh, Stephen mm-hmm. King? Uh-huh. Yeah. That was, other than how the story was told from the perspective of the main character from the future, he actually writes the story down rather than telling his friend like he does in the movie. Everything else, down to the porn comic that Percy was reading about Popeye, everything was exact. I was like, right. holy mm-hmm. crap, they literally just yeah. took the book and put it in here. So, yeah. <laughs> it can be done with some books, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, I okay. think that's what I was trying to explain uh, in our, when we were reviewing that last episode. It's just like, this is where Marvel has to be careful with how close they stick to their comic and what they translate into the, into their movies. Because you right. can easily lose your audience's attention with how you explain things here in the multiverse, right? right. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, because in the comics, yeah, it makes sense. Like you said, on paper, it makes sense to put these things together. You got all these random explanations, but you come in here and it's just like, okay... You see what happens here with just with Sylvie's character arc. This is just Sylvie. Think mm-hmm. now on a grander scale when they go into Multiverse of Madness or Spider-Man 3. You know, all mm-hmm. these different things that could pop mm-hmm. off. And then it's like, how do you explain all these different variants or timelines? You have right. to be very careful. Yeah, especially with new audiences. They, they like, what, 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 wait, wait, huh? What, what is this? I don't, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. You're right. So far, I'm not seeing any reason to doubt them. I think that they're human beings, so we're not going to agree 100% on everything they do. But uh-huh. the accomplishment so far has completely blown my mind. When you just go back and think from the first Iron Man movie to now, just right. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I just watched show. that like two weeks ago, dude. I was still floored by that movie. I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> oh, I can't wait for What If next month. Oh my oh, god! Oh yeah, August yeah. is you popping off. You August, want to August, August. cast for that? Let us <laughs> yes. know. We'll right yes, we back. will be there. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. So let's go ahead and wrap things up. Overall, the show taken as a whole. Derek, give me your opinion. Uh, the show as a whole. What did you think? Give us your final thoughts. Uh... I'm going to say it was, based on the three Marvel shows we've seen thus far, it was right in the middle. WandaVision being the top, mm. Loki being second, and Falcon and Winter Soldier being third. Okay. Overall, it was a great like jumping off point for the next phase because I feel like this is the actual show that really jumpstarts phase four. The acting was great throughout the storyline, while a bit confusing and convoluted at times, it was it was okay. And like I said, they did what they needed to do. I did want to talk about a couple of things that we brought up earlier, how why all the people are humans at the TVA. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, please. Because uh, the Kang variant is the thirty. He's the thirty-first century scientist who discovered the multiverse. And I believe the character's actual name, you have to do a little research, but his name is Nathaniel Richards. 
who is a descendant right. of Reed Richards, uh-huh. who is human. So it would make sense that if human is going to create this time police force that they would employ humans. It just makes not sense. Bad. You have not bad. A right. bunch of different aliens and stuff. And the other thing was that for the whole series, I've just been thinking like, is Sylvie really a Loki variant? Is she really a Loki variant? I don't know. At the very last episode, when she kicks him through the time door, she says to Loki, I'm not you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. That just resonates with me. I don't know why. The whole series, she's like, don't call me Loki. Don't call me Loki. I'm not you. I don't know. It's just something seems off about that. So I don't I don't know. Maybe she is just Loki and another character mixed together because people are theorizing that she's actually just Enchantress because yeah. of her enchanting powers and everything, but uh, they could have just melded uh, the two characters together. Yeah, I was gonna so say I the fact the okay. fact that Loki can also do what she can do and mm-hmm. that they you know, other than her being angsty and kind of just casting off her old life because she's so angry that it was stolen for her, so to take back control, she's like, I don't mm-hmm. want it anyways. Right. Yeah. That to me leans more to that she is Loki. Like you said though, she could be inspired by other characters as well. So right. maybe that'll play out in season two. It's a, it's an interesting thought for sure. Yeah. All right. Eighty, your show. Thoughts really overall. <laughs> really weird random pop in there. It was Agatha all along. That's who it was. Agatha <laughs> 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 back again. These are rooms, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm pretty much going to say ditto to what uh, Derek just mentioned. I mean, it was a good jumping off point for the multiverse. Um, Loki's character did get justice here in terms of how he was portrayed. It did what it needed to do in terms of pushing the, the next phase of Marvel forward. I am looking forward to learning more in terms of where Loki goes as a person here because... I mean, I, I, there's so much more you could do with Loki in being that he's the only, possibly the only person in this situation going forward in, in the next phase. So he can actually turn out to be a big hero, a big deal, and switching his whole arc over completely. So I'm thrilled with what they gave us here with Loki, especially that bomb-ass soundtrack. So <laughs> we'll have that bumping in the car soon enough. And uh, yeah, thank you there for Loki. I'm, I'm cool with it. All right, GP? I give Loki the best Marvel series yet so far. Because WandaVision, even though it was a mystery, it was basically a mystery that they refused to give to you until towards the end of the season. Loki, on the other hand, gives you mystery and also give you introduce you to a whole new world as far as the TVA, where it's from, and variants. It, it gives you a whole new thing that other Marvel shows didn't give you. Also, they give you like this crime drama, like mm-hmm. like like Loki and Morbius being these like partners. It, it reminds me of Law and Order episode mixed with sci-fi. So something new that no Marvel show gave you yet. Basically, the whole show gave you new things and what's to come in the future events of Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. So I, I say Loki is the top dog for TV shows for Marvel right cool. now. Cool. I think I would mirror Derek's sentiments. I think the shows are also different. Everybody's opinion is going to differ. I think personally, I did like WandaVision the, the best, followed by Loki and then Captain America and Winter Soldier. I think, uh, or Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, now it's Captain America and Winter Soldier. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. But um, what I really liked about these shows is they took characters that I was kind of like, eh, on and made me really like them, especially Wanda vision i am and i'm just on board with whatever they're doing you know and i think what was cool about loki was 
there really wasn't any kind of real world influence or anything political in nature that kind of soured the show because marvel's a bit centrist we i've spoke on the show before about my issues of falcon and winter soldier and how they treat revolutionaries you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like they they make someone like killmonger make a point but then they also make him a complete asshole so then you align the point he's making with somebody who's terrible and it doesn't need to be that way you wrote it that way you know what i mean and almost just sounds like well you know both sides i hate that shit so (laughs) that put a sour taste in that for me and and my cynicism about you know things going on politically still a great show though i enjoyed it and then with wandavision there is a lot of allegory about grief and loss and what that Mm. does to a person which really spoke to me on a personal level so that's why i think i just i like that more and i just love the tv show parodies they were great the music was fantastic agatha will forever be one of the greatest characters and then with with loki it was just pure comic book you know you didn't really have to think about any real world influence that they were pulling you didn't have to think about emotions and grief or politics or any of that it was just let's go on a fun stupid ride and enjoy Mm. comic books being comic books and i need that sometimes i need the distraction that's what we go to entertainment for occasionally you know what i mean like it's cool to watch something that makes you think and it's not like this show doesn't do that but i like how it can just be its own thing and you don't have to worry about it trying to make any kind of statement or drawing comparisons to anything so you know that was cool so yeah overall i'd give the entire show probably a four out of five i think from the ratings that everybody else gave it that you guys would all agree yeah yeah Mm -hmm. four out of five yeah Mm -hmm. all right well i think that does it for this spoiler cast special shout out to call it like i don't see a podcast thank you guys so much for joining us we always love to have you on (laughs) 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 one more time (laughs) 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 oh man so uh yeah before we sign out uh for any of our listeners who haven't already checked out the show yet can you please tell the folks out there where they can find more of you guys your opinions your show what you're about let them know find us on twitter facebook instagram call like i don't see it gmail.com for all your podcasting needs Right, and these guys right here, they're talking movies, sports, video games, comics, nerd shit, food, and food. (laughs) (laughs) And just a great vibe, great show, so definitely check them out. And uh, Derek, if anybody wants to get into what you got going on, where can they find you at? As you uh, might know from listening to our show, I'm a full-time eBay, Amazon reseller, so you can find my eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. On Instagram at GamerGoodiesMore and on Twitter at Goodies underscore more. All right. And you can find our show at our hub, anchor.fm slash player2 is under the pod. We upload every single Sunday and occasionally do bonus episodes like this. So if you want to follow us there, you can. You can also find us on Facebook.com slash player2 has entered the pod and YouTube at player2 has entered the podcast. We are found wherever podcasts are available so you can check us out on breaker google podcast overcast pocketcast radio public apple podcast and spotify and if you have any feedback questions suggestions maybe want to be on a future episode or want to hear another spoiler cast shoot us over an email at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com and that ladies and gentlemen is in our episode 
Thank you all so much for coming out and listening to you. We love you, and we are signing off. We will see you next week. Bye-bye. Peace. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs>